This is the Action Network Podcast. It's on target, and it is good. Wow. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. See, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money, all right? That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. Welcome in, everybody, to the Action Network podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Glasheen. Today on the pod... NFL Draft Best Bets. The 87th NFL Draft starts Thursday, April 28th. It runs through Saturday, April 30th, all taking place at the Caesars Forum in Las Vegas. Joining us, Action Network staff writer Brandon Anderson. He's along for the ride. He does a great job covering the NBA, so check out his content during the NBA playoffs. And a special guest joining us, not to you know debunk Brandon's contributions, but joining us, Stephen Palachek, who is a football research associate at the well-respected sports data and analytics company, Sports Info Solutions. Stephen, welcome. Thanks for making the time on the pod. Sure, thanks for having me. So, In this NFL Draft Best Bets episode, we will have three main categories, folks. We're going to basically run through the first round, specifics in terms of position totals, and I'm sure we'll weigh in on some individuals, but we're just going to give a broad understanding of the first round specifically. Then we'll dive into team-specific needs, where we think teams will uh, what will they will do with their their selections in the in the first round, and then get into player specific. There have been rumblings over the last few days, last few months, really, about where guys will land, and we can get into specifics with quarterbacks and receivers, the, the skill positions that folks are really curious about for their teams, and just folks that are fans of the National Football League. So we start again. Overall first round predictions, Stephen, quarterbacks. They were the talk of the draft last year, right? Five first round quarterbacks. The number is set at three and a half quarterbacks in round one in 2022. What's your developing opinion and how is the, what's the best way to bet this? I, I like the under. The odds aren't necessarily great. Uh, I have them at minus 278, but I can't foresee a world where we're seeing four quarterbacks go in the first round in this class. So, I mean, there's the easy candidates to say, oh, they're going to take one in Pittsburgh and New Orleans traded a bunch to try and get up. So odds are maybe they're going quarterback, but Carolina is evidently trying to move back. Doesn't sound like a quarterback team. And then you can throw wild cards in of Washington, Tennessee, Atlanta, Seattle, but those teams all already have stop gaps. And most of those teams, Seattle specifically, they have high second round picks. And with the new CBA that's out there, that 50 year option doesn't really matter. Like it used to last year, we saw fields fall back to 11 Mac to 15 past teams that had, you want to say, quarterback needs. So Carolina and Denver both needed a quarterback but had stop gaps. We've seen them fall with this. Sounds like there's a lot of second-round grades on these guys, and I know it only takes one, but you can get – I'll give you Willis and Pickett, but are you really going to get Ritter and Corral to go or, or Corral and, goodness, just Howell? I don't know. I can't see a scenario where four of them go in the first. Brandon Anderson, you have specific thoughts on quarterbacks. That's the position you want to talk about most on this episode. And you have a thought on Corral as well. 
I do. Yeah. I'm glad we started here. This actually the under three and a half quarterbacks, it might be my favorite bet on the entire slate today. For me, like I'm seeing that minus 250 at FanDuel again. I am not the guy to bet the the long minus number usually. But for me, this is kind of I'm seeing this as I'm going to fund the rest of my goofy bets and long shot bets by making a little cash on this one. For me, it's not necessarily even about the teams. It's the guys. This just isn't a quarterback class. This just isn't the year to go and run up and get your quarterback. And Matt Corral especially is the guy for me that this guy's just not a first round pick. Played in a gimmick offense, tons of motion and misdirection, heavy uh, RPO, a lot of tuck and run for Matt Corral. It's really hard for me to see that an NFL team watched the same stuff that I did and thinks, yeah, this is our guy. We got to get him in the first round. So my only question, I want to ask you this question, Steven. So Matt Corral is over under 33 and a half right now, and that's at minus 135. So I agree with you. I think Willis is a first rounder. I think Pickett's a first rounder. I think Ritter is right on the edge. I could see him get in there. But if Matt Corral is the guy I'm fading, should I just be playing the Matt Corral over 33 and a half and get the, you know, almost twice the payout here? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a great bet. Um, you're, I guess the team to watch is Detroit at 32. Jacksonville at 33 is not going to take them. Right. And they probably probably won't trade that pick away from what I've seen in rumblings of theirs. So really your bet is as long as Detroit's not going to take them at 32. And like I mentioned before that the CBA thing, that fifth year option is not as important. So it's not as if Detroit is going to say, Oh, you know what? We have to get them on this fifth year. Cause those guys are getting their extensions before that. Anyways, we're not hitting that. And if they're good, they're getting big paydays. I mean, Lamar Jackson is not, not going to be paid a small amount of money this year because he's an MVP. So the other consideration there is Detroit then picks again at 34. Right. And Jacksonville's not going to take a quarterback. So I think that's a great bet is to take Corral over that. Yeah, it's a great point to bring up the fact that the Lions, they pick at 32 and then Jacksonville goes 33 to start the second round. Another pick at 34. And you just consider the needs the Lions have. Um, as well as the Jags, right? If they're if they're in a situation where they can go out and get um, maybe a, a receiver early in the second round or another edge rusher, maybe an offensive lineman or linebacker, lots of needs for both of those teams. Uh, that, that's stating the obvious, that's for sure. Let's go to a position that had two at this position selected at the end of the first round last year. That would be running back. Steven, are we going to get something similar at the end of the first round? And again, just just... To simplify for folks listening, a lot of teams that pick at the end of the first round are ready-made contenders that are just looking to add depth to their rosters, and maybe they're adding another running back. They don't have they don't have a need, a need that is super glaring. They can add to a running back room. What about running backs at the end of the first round? Maybe this year. So their line was set at uh, say a half. So it's just a bet of will there be a running back in the first round or not, and it's plus money to go with the over. And you actually get better odds on over the half running back than you are getting Brees Hall being a first rounder. So if you have any inclination of, you know what, maybe maybe Buffalo takes him, maybe uh, Cincinnati wants another running back, whoever it could be, Brees Hall, you you get to bake in the protection of maybe it's actually Isaiah Spiller or maybe it's Kenneth Walker that they like more. You bake that in, 
and you're still on plus money. I think that's just the sports book is the books are just handing you a great bet right there. If they really think Brees Hall is better than a plus 150 to be a first rounder, it, it feels like stealing. Some teams also, New England's been connected to maybe taking a running back in the first round, possibly. Um, Tennessee, always looking for Derrick Henry insurance. Don't think you, maybe Arizona, Chase Edmonds out the door. Brandon Anderson, uh, you have a thought on a specific player at that running back position that could be up in the first round as well. Yeah, for me, a, a lot of the mock drafts you're seeing, especially I look a lot at Arif Hassan's consensus uh, over at The Athletic. He's, he's compiled from like 100 rankings and mock drafts. And he's got Brees Hall and Kenneth Walker only two spots apart, I think 35th and 37th. I think these guys are very close in the rankings and they're very different players. Brees Hall, you see a lot of like Matt Forte comps, a guy that's going to maybe not be your, your Derrick Henry and rumble all, the, all game long, but he's going to catch some passes and be more versatile. I like that a little better personally. Kenneth Walker is more of the power between the tackles runner. Here's my thinking. You can get Kenneth Walker to be the first running back off the board at plus 280 at DraftKings. And if these guys are pretty closely ranked anyway, and now it just comes down to, to style of team, and isn't the team that's more likely to invest early? Like we know now teams are not investing that first round pick on running backs. If I'm going to invest my first round pick, am I not also likely the team that wants the Derrick Henry offense, that wants to just power run and run attack all game? So I feel like, if the team is more likely to take the early running back when these guys are rated fairly even on boards, uh, just at plus 280, uh, you know, I, I would say Brees Hall is more likely to go first, but you're getting a pretty good number there at 280. Make sure to look around. You can do first running back. You can do Brees Hall second running back. And these odds are very different in all the books. But I, I like that. I think there's an edge there. Moving right along, let's go to wide receiver. We'll stay on the same side of the ball, and then we'll get to safeties because uh, Steven's got thoughts on, again, overall first-round projections. want to remind you folks as well, listening, we will have another uh, Action Network podcast later in the week, the NFL Draft Betting Preview episode later this week before Thursday. Matthew Friedman and Chris Raybon have coverage on the Action Network podcast. So last year in the first round, five wide receivers went. This year, numbers set Steven at six and a half. Is that a little too high? What do you think? Yeah, I understand why the line is set at six and a half, but I think that's too high. You can go through and say, who are the locks? Jameson Williams, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, and probably Jahan Dotson. That's six. So to get this bet to hit, you need either like a Sky Moore or a George Pickens to get this bet to go to the over. So you can also, if you don't like risking it, there's a very similar bet where you can just bet Sky Moore to go in round two. Now, he's the speedy wide receiver out of Western Michigan. There's a chance he goes in round one, but there's enough love around the league that he's not going to get through round two. So if you are a little on the fence of whether George Pickens will go up or not, you can bet just Sky Moore instead. This line, though, the six and a half, it's tough to take that over. Seven receivers out of 32 picks. Like, this is just supply and demand. That's nearly a quarter of the picks. And I got to shout out our guys, uh, Raybon and the others, a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, gave out over 5.5 receivers at plus money then. So I got a little piece of the action then. I'm going to stay away from the six and a half here. It's just a big ass to get that many receivers in there. I mean, what can be said, though, is the NFL has proven now in 2022 and beyond, you can never have enough good receivers. I mean, at the end of the day, you look at the playoff picture last year, 
pretty much every team had a handful of star receivers headlined by one, but pretty good depth, one, two, and three at that position. On defense, Stephen, you want to hit on safeties. What's the angle on safeties in the first round? Yeah, so they put the line at one and a half, and at just under plus 200, you can take the under. So the whole thinking behind this one is Kyle Hamilton's probably going to go in the first. He is sliding a bit, but he's still going to go in the first round. So the question comes down to, can you get any of the other safeties at the back end of the first? One of those that sneak into the very back end. I'm going to say no. There's Daxton Hill, Lewis Seen, Jaquan Brisker, Jalen Petrie. That's a lot of safeties. <laughs> There's a lot of really good safeties all in that same tier. I'm not saying it, it's going to be a trade down, but sure, at the end of the first round, there may be teams that do want to come up a little bit, snag that extra receiver. There's safeties to be had. You can wait a little bit. We just talked about Detroit having 32 and 34. They can sit there a little bit. They can wait. Let somebody else take, let somebody else take the first safety, and we'll still get one in that same tier. We still like them. So last year, I do want to bring up that we, we com- constantly talked about Trevon Merrig and Javon Holland as like first round picks. Like these guys are just great safeties. They both didn't go until day two. Does the NFL value safeties like that? I don't know, but there's just so many in that tier of just, I've seen them in all sorts of orders of those next four guys that really, I, I'm, can totally see teams waiting on it. Brandon Anderson, Notre Dame's Kyle Hamilton. You're interested in possibly looking at the top of the draft, and Stephen kind of hit on this. You expect him to go in the first round, Stephen, but Brandon, you think it could be very soon. I think it could be very high. Kyle Hamilton, to me, you can make a case in a, in a draft that is weak at the top. I think you could make a case that Kyle Hamilton could come out as just the best prospect in the draft. I mentioned Arifa San's consensus board. Cal Hamilton is number two on that board. Everybody agrees Cal Hamilton is awesome. He's a great safety. He's not just a safety. He plays in the slot. He plays a little linebacker. He's one of those versatile weapons that plays all over the field. It's just, well, why wouldn't he get taken high? Well, we don't draft safeties in the top 10. Like that's, that's the answer. And we've seen that over the years. We've seen that with guards. We've seen that with other positions. But when a guy is that talented and that, that good, you just have to take him at some point. Brandon Staley... That, that too high safety defense is all the rage. Safeties are coming back. The, the value is there a little more. So I don't know that I necessarily need to, to take the over uh, in the first round. Those other guys, you're right, that, that, that mix of three or four guys are there. But Cal Hamilton, you go top 10 picks for him at DraftKings plus 135. And you may want to wait because like Steven said, that number is, is lengthening because his, his stock seems to be falling I just want to bet on the talent and on a guy that has been really good. I, I even will sprinkle a little bit plus 900 to get in the top five, just a little, just because the talent is there, but that's tough because we know he's not going to go the first couple of picks and now the window is just very small, but I do think top 10 is a real possibility. And I know he hasn't been rumored to teams, but safety is not really a position that we're rumoring those top 10 teams to. Uh, so I, I just think the talent is too much to ignore. 
And now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from 2 to over 25 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's not a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper. Now, to play the new over-under game, have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure you use the promo code ACTION, and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code ACTION, and you deposit. Okay, back to the show. Moving on to team-specific outlooks for the 2022 NFL Draft. I mentioned the Jets. So they're at four, and they're at 10. Steven, who do you like to go to the Jets early on in this draft? So we'll start at number four. I think there's a huge opportunity for that pick to be uh, Ika Ikwanu, the tackle from NC State. I'm by no means a Jets insider, but I've seen a lot of talk about that they really like him. They've got one tackle moving on at the end of this season. The other missed his entire last year and don't know what the future holds for him. So it would make sense for the Jets to take an offensive lineman at plus 333. So this being Jets at number four, just taking an offensive lineman plus 333. But if we move back to 10, we've all heard it. The Jets are interested in Debo Samuel. They tried to throw both their second rounders and a third, I believe, for Tyreek Hill. That was the offer that was, quote unquote, agreed upon by the two teams. It's no secret. They're they're browsing. They're willing to throw number 10 away for a receiver. So let's connect some dots, go way back earlier in the year. There was a lot of talk from their GM about how much they love Traylon Burks. So uh, Burks commonly mocked to Debo Samuel, similar type bodies. If you can get him at 33 to one to go number 10 overall, which just seems like screaming value. If the Jets are willing to give that pick up for a wide receiver, we know they're going to be willing to draft a wide receiver there. At least that's how I think. And we're going back in time, connecting dots. They loved Traylon Burks before they even had this opportunity to get Debo Samuel. It, it feels like if you're looking for dart throws, this seems like an easy one. Niners were not shy last year to move up in the draft to go get a quarterback. Maybe they move Samuel a few days before the draft to shake things up. So let's go to the Lions again, Stephen. Hutchison has been uh, – and look, there's been a lot of attention on the market moving for who might go uh, first overall, second overall. Hutchison to be a Lion, which would indicate to you that you think the Lions might take him at two. Yeah, this is more of a bet on the Jaguars going somewhere else, looking at Trayvon Walker. I can't come up with a scenario where Hutchinson is on the board and Detroit decides to move the other way. I think he ticks all the boxes for them uh, on off field. And let's not act like he's not going to sell jerseys like wildfire in Detroit. So I think that's more of a Walker's minus money right now. This is I, I can't see it. And just let's say top five, and I know Brandon Anderson has thoughts on uh, later in the first round on, on the Saints, but let's just go to you have a thought on the Giants. Kind of talked about this with safeties, but a defensive back, 
going to the Giants top five, Stephen, is something you're interested in as well? Yep. Plus 350 is what I have it at. This is a real interesting scenario because they've got number five and seven. Yep. They have a conflicting need with Carolina, and both of them are probably looking for an offensive tackle. So it's a little bit of game theory here. Do you take an offensive tackle because Carolina is going to take it? Or can you wait on it? Or do you know Carolina really wants to trade down if Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner are available? Do you just want to take them and not give a team an opportunity to come up in between your picks and snag the guy that you're looking for? So, yeah, it's a little bit of game theory, but plus 350. I I like Giants to go defensive back with you get either Stingley or Sauce Gardner. That would suit your agenda. Brandon Anderson on, uh, you know, maybe a, they, maybe they do end up going with Hamilton early on. That would suit the agenda for him being a uh, being a safety going early in the draft. You had specific thoughts on the Saints, Brandon, uh, of what they might do with their first round pick. Two first round picks. Yeah, well, the two first round picks is the key because the, the dust has settled on this now. But it, it was so weird just randomly a couple of weeks ago. Suddenly it's like, oh, the Saints have pulled off this blockbuster trade for a middle of the first round pick. And it's like. It, it just, to me, it's a, it's a where there's smoke, there's fire thing. Like, what are we doing trading into a pick in the middle of the first round for a specific spot? There's, there's a reason there. there. There's some end goal in sight. And to me, the end goal doesn't feel like, yeah, we'll just take a pick in the middle. Let's see who falls to us there. You don't like move heaven and earth to get back in and get that second pick unless there's something bigger that you're scheming up, I think. And we saw that last year. You know, we saw we saw San Francisco make the big move up. And I was like, well, come on, they're taking a quarterback. This is what you, when you trade so much stuff and so much draft capital to move up, there's one position you do that for. So for me, I'm just reading the tea leaves and the saints first drafted player to be a quarterback is plus 200 right now. And that's been slipping over the weekend. Cause I know we're not getting a lot of connection there, but I just think when you get those first, when you get those two picks and a chance to get a little bit higher, a little more optionality to move around. Maybe you package them together. You package one with a second or third rounder, plus 200 to take a quarterback, plus 750 to take Malik Willis, who I think is, is going to be the top quarterback taken. That's pretty long too. To me, that's a guy that if you just think this is the guy we got to get, we, we have to get him, get us another pick, get us some ammunition. We can't wait until draft day. This is our toolsy traits guy that we have to go after. So I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on that and just kind of read the tea leaves and and see if the Saints keep moving. Saints have a crowded quarterback room at the moment. Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, Ian Book, if he counts, and of course, Taysom Hill. (laughs) Who knows what they do with him, Ian Book. That experiment last year on Monday Night Football, it still haunts me um, as a Saints better that day. But that brings us to the Steelers and, of course, the awful news uh, with Dwayne Haskins. And right now, uh, Mitch Trubisky is their guy. And based on some of the other moves they've made, they're trying to build it around Trubisky, but possibly the Steelers taking a quarterback with their first round pick, Steven. Right now I have it at minus 118. I mean, Mike Tomlin has not shied away from expressing how much he loves. He loves Malik Willis. So you don't even have to bet Willis here. It's simply just Steelers first pick being quarterback. It's really easy to look at that team and go, wow, what held them back the last two years? Well, it was Ben Roethlisberger. They need a quarterback. And while Mitch Trubisky is a great lottery ticket, do you think the Steelers are comfortable with a very good defense and a good offensive like skill position room? Do you think they're really comfortable in letting Trubisky try and take them to the promised land? It's a real interesting scenario, but you're just shy of even money to get them to take a quarterback. And 
you look at any mock draft, I'm pretty sure about 95% of them have the Steelers taking a quarterback at some point there. And this also covers you if they move up. If the Steelers do decide to come up, as long as their first pick is a quarterback, you win. Let's wrap with the Jaguars. We'll go to player-specific bets. Steven, Jaguars to take an offensive player at plus 550. So that means you don't think they'll take Hutchison, and you hit on that. You think the Lions might grab him. And then it's Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. He could also maybe not go first. Or or maybe, you, maybe you're going to go here. Maybe the Jags trade out of one. Like, what, what, what do you, What's your thought process here on your, on your hometown team? There's multiple people all pulling at the strings here. The GM, Trent Baalke, it's pretty evident that he really loves Trayvon Walker. Uh, owner, Shad Khan, the, like Brandon said, reading the tea leaves of around the league, looks like he wants Aiden Hutchinson. But then you also just hired Doug Peterson, who has been pulling for, I, there, you can never have too much offensive linemen. We always want to build the offense. And there was a report he wants to take an offensive player with the first overall pick in the draft. Now, like you said, Brendan, it could be a trade back that covers you, but this is simply at plus 550, you're getting one third of who's going to win this. I don't even know what you want to call it, Matt, this battle to be the alpha in the draft room. Like, I don't know what to call it, but comparably, you're just getting any offensive player at 550. That, that seems like based on what we know, there's a good shot that that can happen still. Doug Peterson was quoted at the end of March, you can never have enough offensive linemen. And if anyone watched the Jaguars last year, you got to give your star quarterback there a fair chance. And uh, the first way you do that is build a line. Now for a word from our friends at Hims. When it comes to sports betting, there's no shortage of problems to talk about, but there's definitely one problem guys never want to discuss. It's a erectile dysfunction. ED impacts about 30 million American men. 30 million. And still, most guys would rather make bullshit excuses or just ignore the issue instead of turning to experts for a solution. You listen to this show because you're looking for good advice, right? Well, here's some. Check out Hims and discover a pill worth celebrating because thanks to science, ED can be optional. Their website for hymns.com is a great resource for hair loss, skin care, and ED solutions for men. They connect you with licensed medical providers who can provide FDA-approved ED treatments entirely online. These are the same medications you'd get from your doctor, but with no appointments, no face-to-face visits, and no co-pays. You just answer a few questions, and products are shipped directly to you. Try Hymns today by starting with a free online visit. Go to forhymns.com slash action network. That's F-O-R. H-I-M-S dot com slash action network. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if a prescription is appropriate. This would cost hundreds if you went in person to the doctor's office or pharmacy. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and safety information. And remember, that's forhims.com slash action network. Let's get back to the show. Let's go to player-specific bets now. We'll kind of rifle through these uh, as we take you through this Jamison Williams at receiver. Both of you have discussed how you don't think we're going to go more than six receivers uh, in the first round, but Williams is a guy making a lot of noise, Steven, your analysis of this player and how you might want to bet it. The SIS draft guide has him ranked as our number two wide receiver. He's getting a lot of talk. It sounds like the knee is healthy. Sounds like he's going to be fine. So at plus 150, you're getting Jameson Williams to be the first wide receiver taken. Speed kills in the NFL. We've seen it many a times. All of a sudden, Henry Ruggs was the first receiver drafted. Last year, we saw Jalen Waddell go way higher than I think any of us had expected. Now, 
Chase was obviously going to go first, but Waddle went higher than we had anticipated. So I think the NFL values speed at the receiver position a lot more than what you want to say we might as personally fantasy players think it's just good value. It feels like a good line for something that's honestly probably going to happen. Jamison Williams. I agree with you. I think that he has a good chance to go uh, as the top receiver. I'm going to chime in with, uh, with, uh, I guess it's a parlay, but it's available at FanDuel. So Jamison Williams to be the first receiver and Malik Willis to be the first quarterback. You can get that together at plus 350. To me, this is a bet on players, but it's also a bet on the direction the draft is going. And that direction is traits, traits and skills. And just give me the guy. I don't care if it takes a while. We, we don't know if Jameson will be healthy to start the year. We don't know if Malik will be ready to start on week one. Give me the talent. Malik Willis, look, we saw Josh Allen went number seven. Justin Herbert, number six. Pat Mahomes, number 10. These were projects that were going to take some time. But now, you, like, how do you not watch the playoffs this year and be like, I got to have one of those guys because if I don't get that guy, we got nothing here. And to me, Kenny Pickett is, is the Mac Jones of this draft. He's, he's going to be 24 on opening day. You bring him in. If you want to just fill your quarterback spot with a competent spot, that's fine. But you want the home run swing. It's Malik Willis. I think you want the home run swing at receiver. It's Jameson Williams. So plus three fifty for both of them to go first. Steven whip through a couple of guys that are at plus money that you think folks can uh, get in on that might go in the first round. Plus money, guys. Yeah, so Kyler Gordon, the corner from Washington, Kair Alam uh, from Florida, also a corner. Both guys, I'm seeing, I don't want to say seeing rumors, hearing beat about teams at the end of the first really liking those guys. Quay Walker, the Jacksonville at 33, really likes him. They've been talking to him a lot. If a team really wants him, they probably are going to have to get back in front of Jacksonville to take him. Uh, Perry and Winfrey, defensive tackle from Oklahoma, dominated the senior bowl. We'll see if that translates. He was right in front of uh, the coaches for, I believe it was the Lions and the Jets were the two this year. Was right in front of them, just absolute dominator. He's a plus 500. So if you're looking for a long shot, that one's that one I like. And Jalen Petrie, uh, the safety from Baylor. I know I talked about earlier, I don't think a safety is going to go at that back end of the first round, but at plus 333 compared to all those other safeties that are all in that, you want to say that second tier behind Kyle Hamilton, he's significantly higher than any of them. And he's a much more physical player than those guys, more of a in the box safety. I want to say like a Jabril Peppers type, just a couple of names that I like there. Before we go, Brandon Anderson, two more from you. Uh, we didn't talk about Sauce Gardner, but we want to get to him. Gardner of the of the Bearcats of Cincinnati, a college football playoff team. And then also the national champion, uh, Jordan Davis uh, of Georgia. How about each of these players and where you might see them going uh, in the draft? First round. Yeah, so these are my two favorite long shots on the board. Sauce Gardner, I love. I mean, it's a great name. A-plus name, Sauce yeah. Gardner. You want Sauce Gardner on your team. But I also love Derek Stingley and Stingley has been getting a lot of buzz lately. He's looking healthy. We don't know. We're not in the room to be able to, to know what the health report is, but I think Stingley has a real shot to be the first cornerback drafted. And that is not a vote against sauce Gardner. Sauce is not going to fall. He's going to go very high. Uh, my Vikings pick number 12. Boy, would I be real happy with either one of those guys dropping to number 12 in the Vikings. But I was looking at Derek Stingley first quarterback drafted plus 250 trying to talk myself into it, but Sauce is, is such a strong prospect. But again, you can look around a little bit. Sauce Gardner, 
to be the second cornerback drafted is plus 400 at DraftKings. To me, that's the same bet. Nobody else is getting drafted ahead of Sauce Gardner except Derek Stingley. Maybe Stingley does. And now I'm getting four to one where you know, like all it takes is just Sauce to not go to, you know, to the Lions or somebody up in that top five tumble a little bit. Stingley maybe beats him by a pick or two. We've seen that with cornerbacks and schemes in the last couple of drafts too, where the order didn't quite go as expected. So I like that just as a four to one dart throw, especially make sure you play the right way. Sauce to be second, not Stingley to be first because you're getting much better value there. And then my favorite dart throw is this one, Jordan Davis. You mentioned him just a stud. I mean, we watched that guy at the combine do things that human beings are not supposed to be able to do at the size that he's at. And I, the draft is such a crapshoot that I do not like just trying to say this team, this guy, it's, it's so hard because it's, it's all dominoes. However, as you read mock drafts for months now, the one thing that I see mocked over and over and over again is Jordan Davis, number 17, Los Angeles Chargers. And it makes so much sense because we saw the Chargers this year, Brand Staley, they had that, that too high scheme but they got run all over. They need somebody to take up bodies in the middle of the defense on the line. And that makes this position more valuable to them. Jordan Davis right now is over under is 15 and a half. So that tells you to me, the Chargers pick 17. To me, that says, we know the Chargers want Jordan Davis at 17. Is somebody else going to also know that and trade up ahead of them to snag him at 16? That's why that line is 15 and a half. So you can take Jordan Davis to number 17 pick, not to the Chargers. So if they trade up, we're out of luck here. But Jordan Davis at number 17 at points bet is plus 850. If we can add that dude to Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, and all the rest of that defense, whew, if, if we get this plus 850, I might just roll it over onto some Chargers Super Bowl futures too because that line could be nasty. It makes a lot of sense, too, because they did, as you said, they were very active in free agency, maybe get a guy with that fifth-year option in the first round, and that's a big part of the first round, folks. You get that fifth-year option, you get more control over the player before they are up for a new contract once that rookie deal is over. That is all the time we have, everybody. Once again, want to remind you that we have an NFL Draft betting preview show coming later this week on the Action Network podcast with Matthew Friedman and Chris Raymond. Special thanks to Action Network staff writer Brandon Anderson. You can follow his work over on the Action Network covering the NFL, also the NBA during the playoffs. And thank you to our special guest today, Stephen Palacek. He's a football research associate at the well-respected sports data and analytics company, Sports Info Solutions. Stephen, thank you. Uh, Enjoy the draft. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Action Network podcast.